0: This week on Trek Mary Kill. Zero,
1: zero, zero, destruct, zero. Next! It's headed straight for us. It just disintegrated. Was it not? It seems to have deposited an alien presence. Where? Right here, Captain. This ship is now under my direction. <laughs> I will not return to on with you to a land of murdering oppressors. He's a liar herded us together like cattle and then sold us as slaves. Beal, you keep this up and you'll never get to share on with your prisoner. This will be your final battlefield. Your 50,000 years of pursuit will have been wasted. I am captain of the ship, and it will follow whatever course I set for it, or I will order its destruction. You're bluffing. Computer, destruct sequence 1A. Destruct sequence completed and engaged. Kill him! Six,
0: five, four,
1: three, two, one. Trek, Mary, Kill. Hi, I'm Brian. Hi, I'm Kristen. Or was I the computer? We don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or both. You're very Major mm-hmm. Learned, just every, every role. Uh, welcome to Trek, Mary, Kill, <laughs> a podcast. <laughs> That never judges Star Trek by the color of its skin, but by the content of its episodes. Mm-hmm. This week, we continue our two-hander theme month with Let That Be Your Last Battlefield. Hold on. Let That Be Your Last Battlefield. Mm-hmm. From the third season of Star Trek, the original series, teleplay by Oliver Crawford, story by Lee Cronin, who is Gene Kuhn's Nome de Blume, uh, directed by Judd Taylor. It premiered on NBC January 10th, 1969. So this is the 55th anniversary, which, uh, as we've said before, wow! Uh, hopefully, we can create something that lasts at least 55 years. That's pretty cool. That people are still talking about yeah, it. Yeah, hopefully, Memory my Alpha. child
1: doesn't <laughs> die young of right. diphtheria or whatever. Yeah, some <laughs> childhood climate disease. change. Yes, exactly. Uh, <sighs> climate change.
0: <laughs> Memory Alpha describes this episode: the crew of the Enterprise find themselves caught in the middle of an intractable conflict with the bizarre fugitive alien and his equally belligerent pursuer. What memory alpha doesn't tell you is that this is the one where there's an alien with a half black, half white face uh-huh. chasing another alien whose faces also have black and half white, but the colors are, are swapped. It's on different. He's got the, he's got the colors on the wrong side. So he's bad. Uh-huh. I think this is the most famous episode of star Trek at the end of the day, wow, which is okay. weird. It, it's the, it's usually the one that's, Cited the most when, like, people are talking about, oh, Star Trek, it's, uh you know, sci-fi, sci-fantasy, but it engages in social issues, tells allegories, and, you know, it's got metaphors, but it's like a lens of viewing, you know, he, the human condition. And this is, like, almost always the the very first episode that's referenced, or, like, one of the first three that that people mention when they talk about Star Trek generally. So... Uh, there are other examples out there. It, it's just, you know, this one is not very subtle about the message. No. It's to say.
1: I think, I think if it were done today, people would be like, this is too obvious. But at the time it would not have come across as that obvious. I mean, it would have come across as all oh, these people are absurd for having differences and that, but that's the point.
0: Yeah, I mean the I mean I'm going to get into a little bit of the development of this one, but I agree, but even at the time people were like, uh <laughs> we got. <it."> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Today it would have just been rejected on its face probably. Mm-hmm. It would have been people would have just had their arms folded the whole time. At the end of the day, this season 3 episode that features Frank Gorshin who played the the Riddler <laughs> In 1966, Batman, Shatner is not looking his very best. He's definitely putting on some LBs there. Uh the, the, the he, was week, I don't...
1: he was sucking it in there a yeah. few times, I noticed. I guess what I'm saying is like the, the
0: the middle of the third season of the original series when the budget is to the bone. Like mm-hmm. they are cutting in hacking into Marrow at this point. We don't have money it's... for girdles anymore. <laughs> yeah. It is just kind of bizarre that this is the one that's stuck. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> the, mm-hmm. like, there's obviously ones that stuck for fans, people who follow the show a lot, but just like generally oh yeah, Star Trek, they have the ones with the half white, half black. And it's like, just kind of silly at the same time. Uh, I'm going to bring it back to Frank Gorshin, sixties television. Not, not too much has survived to present day. Some stalwarts mm-hmm. have Batman has the untouchables have, mm-hmm. uh, Mission Impossible, kind of, just mainly mainly through the movies, you know. But Batman, 1966, which when we were growing up, they showed that on reruns quite yeah. a lot. And it, and you it, know, was, it was
1: stupid, seemed... even yeah. for them, like even to yes. kids
0: at the time. It was like a clever, very vaudevillian joke factory. But no, it was for kids, but it was it aired in prime time. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it, it was it was uh, yeah. it
1: mostly had a child audience.
0: So, the Riddler, Frank Gorshin, we're not a Batman podcast, which is great, no, but uh, it's fine. I, I mean, <laughs> I love the 66 Batman. I, d- I would not care to go through them and evaluate them critically, but. Well, there's since nothing, we,
1: nothing much to be said about them. No. So. no. Uh,
0: there was that Twitter account, the Bat Labels Twitter account, that just. Oh, per- great account. One of the best accounts ever made in social media. I just took the signs from the show and just did an image for them. It was just, I it. it was
1: great. I would have loved <laughs> to be the sign maker on that show. So I have a friend. <laughs> I don't believe she actually listens to the podcast, but that's okay. Her name is Lupe. She works. I went to college with her, and we um, uh, graduated with graphic design degrees. And she actually makes props like signage and what have you for productions. And. So I know I have the skill set, and I'm like, that's so amazing.
0: I thought amazing. you were going to say that she says that everyone on her level says that's the standard. Batman 66. <laughs> no. No.
1: But like, imagine how fun that would be. Yeah, because she yes. already has a good time. She always like incorporates our names into like the extras ID badge or whatever. Wonderful. Like her friends' names and stuff. I don't know which ones I've been on, but if you, I don't know. You probably watched like a Grey's Anatomy and you had my name on there on some idiot, idiot's uh, name tag or something. But but you run out of names. You run out of names, so you got to start using yeah. names of people you know who aren't going to uh, be upset about it, you know. I guess I could tell this story now. Uh, when I
0: worked on Boston Legal, one of the writers on the show, and I was a PA, uh, she went on to write for The Good Wife. And uh-huh. I didn't watch The Good Wife, so it took me uh-huh. many, like when it was first run, it took me many years after the fact to watch an episode that she wrote, where she introduced a character named after me. Wow! <laughs> I like, Damn, uh, I wish uh, wh- I had known that at the time. <laughs> wow! <laughs> what what happened to the
1: character? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> oh, okay. was,
0: I think he was a first or second season episode of The Good Wife, and. Absolutely, no offense to the people who make the Good Wife um, or anything like that. I just—it was uh, a long-running the show and they
1: had a, yeah. a spinoff called the Good the Good Fight, Fight on Paramount, starring
0: Plus. Christine Baranski. That's right, and Delroy mm-hmm. Lindo, and um,
1: yeah, which uh, finally anyway. yeah, I think wrapped though. I think it, it did the last it season. Did. I want to say last year.
0: Yeah, it did get weird, uh, which is great because uh, I watched Evil, which was the King's other show that they did for Paramount mm. or CBS. Uh, which doesn't move, plus. Anyway, that was more of my vibe. I'm bringing oh, this is like a long detour talking about Batman because when else are we going to have a chance to talk about this very famous story that I want to make sure everyone knows? And I mm-hmm. put this in the notes. So, Adam West, the original Batman in my mind, it's, it's very hard for me to move off of Adam yeah, West. Yeah, no, he, Batman. he,
1: it's him and, um,
0: <laughs> Christopher Reeve for Superman. <laughs>
1: no, no it's, no, it's, it's, it's Adam West and, um, his name is no (laughs) who are you talking about (laughs) michael keaton for the movie okay yes yeah who recently Uh, reprised his role as batman i'm told in the flash a film i did not see because it looked very bad
0: yes uh and and other and adam west even uh was in the flash digitally resurrected yeah so was christopher lee i believe yeah exactly Anyway, Adam West and Frank Gorshin, who plays Beale, Commissioner Beale, in this episode mm-hmm. of Star Trek we're about to talk about. But after, you know, they became chums uh, working on Batman together, which is great. And then after Batman, they were still p- kind he of he played friends. the Riddler, right? That's right. He was the Riddler. Okay. Very theatrical. I- Batman. Ha <laughs> yeah, ha! Yeah, if he looks familiar, <laughs> yes, that is why. The- <laughs> uh, so in... In Adam West's memoir, Back to the Batcave, man, some people get it just laid out for them. You know, yeah. Patrick Stewart's is, has multiple, but one of them is making it so, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, it just, it's just. Well, anyway. I think Susan
1: Lucci's is all my life or something, a plan on all my Oh my, my gosh. Yeah.
0: Just, uh, sometimes. <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) so Adam West wrote, uh, and and Frank Gorshin was asked about this in the memoir, but I'm just going to read this passage from the Asbury Press. It published a brief Q&A with Gorshin in 1997. The newspaper included an excerpt from West's book, and then asked Gorshin about what was referenced. So Adam West writes, Once we walked into a party where clothing was unwelcomed. Uh, However, after Frank and I got comfortable amid the sea of legs and breasts... I felt a little silly, so I began to do Batman. <laughs> Somewhere across the room, Frank became the Riddler, and it was so ridiculous in that setting that we couldn't stop laughing. We had the distinction of being thrown out of our first and only Hollywood orgy. <laughs> yeah,
1: that get that get get you get you kicked out of the orgy today. Never mind, back then. They
0: they asked Frank Gorshin, Adam West wrote that you two closed a few bars in your time, and he related an anecdote in which you and he attended a party where, in his words, clothes weren't welcome. He called it your first and last Hollywood orgy. Do you remember closing bars with Adam or going to that party? And Frank Gorshin said, we'd go out and tip a few, you know. <laughs> I don't remember closing any bars. It was never that serious. You don't remember that party? No they were just liar. drunk, <laughs> yeah, But I just want to focus on Adam West and Frank Gorshin doing their characters at an orgy. <laughs> we're really asses to elbows here, old chum.
1: Yeah, <laughs> just, <laughs> that's just what imagine I like the, like just like the physicality of those parts, like <laughs> those um roles. Sorry, I should say, um, respectively. Um that would just be very weird and off putting at an orgy. If I were a lady attending an orgy in the 1960s, I'd be like, who the f are these guys? It's oh, the covered- TV stars. I don't give a a f who they are. That could be the Beatles right now. I don't care. Get them out of here. Like that's just a weird energy to bring to the orgy. Uh anyone doing their characters? Well, I think like if you do a little bit of it as fun, that's fine. But if you're like I'll get you this time, Batman, and like running around <laughs> being weird about it. That's too much. Like it's just the two of you. That's yeah. that's too much. That's the vibes are not that. I'm really up to it, Riddler.
0: <laughs> this is a dastardly trib you've thrown in my direction. <laughs> Riddle me this, Batman. What's and also the- <laughs> it's
1: like two guys paying attention to each other at what I assume is like a quasi-straight orgy.
0: Well, we've said this on the podcast before, right? The default for all actors
1: is bisexual. Maybe we've cut but that But I think <laughs> at that time, well, maybe we've cut that out. I think at the time, bisexual for them would have been, I've been in the room with a guy banging a girl, not, <laughs> oh, I've sucked a dick for most of them, Right. I, or, I've been, yeah. or I've been anally penetrated. <laughs> I mean that's 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 uh that's way into it, I feel. <laughs> For like a casual like people just assume you're gay then, I think, not bisexual. Back then, back in like nineteen sixty five or sixty six or whatever. The
0: craft of acting precedes the six sixties, the cultural It does mean
1: you're uh, going to an orgy that's already been established that there are women there. So you're going to presumably the, you know, more or less the swing. It's probably a swingers party is what it is. And those guys, most of them who go to the swingers parties are sure, like sure, very yeah. yes. like, like almost homophobic. And they're like, Ugh. yeah, it's about conquest. Sure. Yeah. So that's why I think they walked into not like an anything goes orgy <laughs> like this. is Like. This was her first time there. Okay. Presumably. So assuming this like, whole story is even West. true. Yeah, we'll get, at, yeah. We'll get Batman uh, to that uh, come. That'll be great. Look at everyone's TV's Batman and the Riddler. <laughs>
0: 1966 <laughs> Emmy nominated the Riddler. Frank Gorshin did get an Emmy nomination
1: for the role. So like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think this was a anything goes party. I think this was just more of like a wife swapping situation
0: well obviously not they couldn't do their bits
1: yeah they couldn't do their characters it wasn't anything these dudes are just talking to each other get the fuck out of here are you gonna bang my wife or what you're gonna yap to this guy the whole night that's what i think it was
0: please stop doing the bat see and and lay with my wife (laughs) i don't
1: think it was like a free love hippie um those people
0: no, I think people I, might be surprised to know how... It's like an upper-middle-class mm, bougie orgy. Yes, yes. That's, that's what it was. It wasn't... Uh, most certainly, yes. Yeah. Now, I'm talking about all this. I wanted to mention this because uh, the the real, the parable of this episode, the, the social relevance, the time it was made, you know, it, obviously it's you could basically do this story again today and it would and with almost the same dialogue it would mm-hmm. resonate exactly the same this is as effectively essentially ostensibly clearly about american racism though yeah racial They're, conflict yeah. between white america and and black people uh was is front and center um so we should obviously talk about the social implications of this one it was shot in 1968. Martin Luther King was assassinated earlier in 1968. This came out in January. There wouldn't be a Martin Luther King day until 1986. So it has nothing to do with Mm -hmm. that.
1: Yeah. Look up who voted against it, by the way,
0: (laughs) while you're at it. We're not in the absolute height of the civil rights era, but we are right after the peak of it. And Mm -hmm. when, when it's like, segregation uh has ended this is now we're kind of entering the backlash period
1: just about to begin the nixon administration yes so at the time when this would have aired and what it would when it would have been shot there's a lot of like oh my god we're really we're really if you happen to not be a republican
0: and you know what? Do we need to state our our, uh, our, <laughs> our
1: you know what? You know, Brent, I am I am not a fan of Richard Nixon. I don't know if <laughs> that's come out. I believe I've spoken about it on this show before. Not a uh, it's fan.
0: In, it's in your memoir.
1: Yeah, f- Nixon is it. Yeah, even though we both happen to be from California, Southern right. California specifically, which makes us
0: even more qualified to say. Nixon mm-hmm. but and Reagan guess, too right Reagan yeah. can kiss yeah, my ass. absolutely too. super super so deeper. did you know
1: like California used to be even better before Reagan was governor <laughs> like we had health coverage and uh you know homelessness wasn't a big issue I and then he gutted that. all of those programs as governor of California so he can kiss my ass Nancy can kiss my ass Nixon can kiss my ass Henry Kissinger Rest in piss, you can also kiss my ass. <laughs> the four of them. The the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And all their all their all their like friends who are still around. Roger Stone, all of those guys.
0: And, and racism—that's uh, why I want to push us towards. Sorry, racism. we talked a long about.
1: Well, we talked. We, we got on a tangent about orgies, and then you got me on Nixon. So now, I know, like, well, racism, because I mean,
0: I'm, I'm bending us around to what this episode's really about, which is an uncomfortable. <laughs>
1: it's about topic. prejudice.
0: I mean, it's about prejudice, and it's yeah, and it's hatred of another person for simply the way that they look, the color of their skin. You know, uh, w- what we do, human beings are our tribalism and. How we other people we we think of them as animals or less than, and this and, it, it man, it and metastasizes in Ultimately, and how and,
1: those differences are fairly arbitrary to an outside casual observer.
0: Yes, I remember being. Uh, extremely upset just when you're in school and you're like this is what prejudice is <laughs> and yeah. they kind of like break it to you like this is what what's happened in history and yeah it always this-
1: feels like an in-class exercise of so-and-so has a half white face and half black face right and then the other guys got it reversed and they hate each other and you're like that's dumb it's like like an after-school special almost
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely what it feels like, which is why it's always kind of smarted whenever this is the episode that gets brought up almost immediately when people talk about the long history and the legacy of Star Trek and how it's in fact affected the culture. It's like, you know, it's inspired scientists, you know, astronauts and they have that episode about the half white, like they've dealt (laughs) with issues like race and sexuality and it's like, okay, but this is like the most...
1: Uh, i mean not the most with sexuality though but no
0: no i mean i guess i'm just kind of saying like it's it's an upsetting subject because it's kind of you know there is no logic behind it it's i mean i'm not being spock here i'm just like it's just pure uh, primal bullshit that Mm -hmm. that gets stirred up and it's very easy to you know people are it's very easy to make people afraid and it's very easy to uh give that that fear a label you know what i mean like it's very like i'm i'm feeling something and then people can label you're feeling it cuz you hate that person it's like that must be it <laughs> that that is a difference oh, i'm so angry look at that difference oh that's that's the thing i don't like and it's just upsetting and so you read you know you you listen to the words you hear the performance frank gorshin is is playing basically the uh, you know, uh, the authority, the government, the status quo, white America, whatever. And he's channeling the same anger that we hear today. You see on conservative media, which is basically mass media, you know, for any type of person. Oh, an Arab person. Oh, a Mexican person. Like, it's the same kind of thing. And it it's just sometimes it's just a bummer to think like, hmm. We haven't really, nothing's really changed. It's just kind of like we we just kind of go through the same cycle of arguments, which is a real bummer. But uh, yeah. All right. couple of notes about this one. Mark Cushman's These Are the Voyages, TOS Season 3, a book I've referenced before. Three things I pulled from that I wanted to mention. Oliver Crawford, who's credited with the tell play, he had been blacklisted by the government's hunt for commies. He was mm. one of those writers who didn't, who wouldn't speak to the committee, House on American Committee, and it was showrunner, season three showrunner, Fred Freiberger, yeah, who made it a point for House, House Committee on American yeah. Activities, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. By uh, the way, and it, yeah. if you are into gay stuff, Fellow Travelers is a <laughs> series I also on Paramount Plus. Huh. But if you have low tolerance Showtime, for gay sex, huh? no, but it's on Paramount Plus if you have that tier, which I do. Okay. It is also on Showtime, which I thought was like shuddering soon. Anyway, if you have low tolerance for gay sex, don't watch it. But if you are interested in Republican politics of the time, that's also in there.
0: The original Senate hearing room of its day.
1: Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, we're bringing it full circle. It's full circle. You know what? why this episode's kind of a bummer it's like wait there's
0: too many modern parallels anyway if i could give anyone some (laughs)
1: professional advice it would be don't film a porno at your workplace and then post about it on instagram (laughs) that one's on the house for all you people (laughs) didn't know that needed to be said but
0: apparently (laughs) It's a good thing this is not a payroll paywalled podcast. <laughs> People,
1: could oh be yeah, this. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might have to sit through a couple of ads. Yeah, all the ones I have to listen to on our podcast are in Spanish for some reason. I found that too, and
0: I've de- definitely anyone listening who encounters ads. I've talked about it. Uh, I've contacted the ZenCaster hosting,
1: and there's there's no control maybe, that we have over it. But maybe if like if a lot gets- of our listeners also speak spanish that's fine it's possible
0: but fine with me anyway fred freiberger the showrunner for season three he knew a lot of the people who had been blacklisted so he was always trying to get them back to work um -hmm.
1: which is is incredibly cool
0: remember fred Freiberger? he was the one that i was in a nazi prison camp a german prison camp for two years or whatever and and star trek was worse (laughs) yeah wow uh, (laughs) But, you know, also hiring blacklisted writers, that's incredibly cool. Wanting to do this episode and wanting to make sure one of the reasons he actually likes Star Trek, uh, you know, when he was offered various jobs is like, I like the social possibilities that we could tell stories uh, through, which is great. Um, Anyway, this story, though, began this idea started in as a germ in season one. And Kristen, when I tell you what the idea is, and I tell you it's from Gene Roddenberry, it should come as no surprise, but I'm wondering how hard your stomach will turn. In the original episode, it was the Enterprise rolls up on a planet or uh, it gets involved in the middle of a chase of a white person fleeing a black person because on that planet, it the roles of oppressor and slave had been reversed.
1: Yeah, that would not have <laughs> been good. No, for so many reasons, because so that, there's a lot of even to this day, there's this there's very fragile white people who believe black people are out to get them. And that would not have been great to put on television in 1969 or today or any
0: time, really. Right. Or 66. or Right. Exactly. No. Uh, so that sat on the shelf collecting dust. And then mm-hmm. they kind of, you know, they needed to find ideas for season three. And rather than paying people to come up with new ideas they definitely were like what else do we have sitting around that maybe we could repurpose or work out or whatever and that was one of them and they were like well we got this
1: really offensive idea yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so maybe this was the least offensive idea that was sitting. anyway so how in, they then, like inspire lynchings across the nation that's right how about we give it another go so uh, Oliver Crawford kind of re did the idea. I it, it might've evolved a little bit with Roddenberry's hand in there and then just he
1: abandoned it. Yeah, but then, then it became a uh, current events.
0: Yeah. Then it became a devil chasing an angel or an angel chasing a <laughs> devil or something. And so that's where it stood as they went into pre-production. And then Judd Taylor, who's the director, he came in and he just had this idea of like, well, what if it wasn't an angel and a devil What if it was half black, half white, and then half white, half black? And that? so then they're like, oh, great, that's better and probably also cheaper. And so they went with that. And then they were apparently writing the script as they were shooting it. So like they gave NBC like the first couple of acts and then they shot the first couple of acts and they shot the other. Then they, you know, there's had to basically rewrite it on the fly because of this director's input, which in TV is incredibly rare that the directors have that much effect on the story. I mean, it happens, happens maybe a little bit more than I'm suggesting, but certainly when you're in the middle of a season, a little unprecedented but um it was a good enough idea i think it really works just wanted to mention that uh we hear about strange new worlds that the directors are they they get each hour as like a movie for them so they get to mm-hmm. basically develop the whole thing so you know it's happened in star trek history um and then a couple of little tweaks on the idea the writer came up with oliver crawford his original idea was some version of they like get to the planet and the planets like evolved and they're like it's been thousands of years. You're still fighting about that? Yeah, exactly. And so then they just fight each other and die. And then they're like, that's still not a good enough ending. And then so we landed on the one that we get, which is, uh, spoiler alert, they get to the planet. The planet has obliterated itself because of hatred. Judd Taylor, one last note about the director. He got William Shatner so mad at one point in the shooting of this episode that Shatner stormed off the set and said, fuck you.
1: Mm. (laughs) Hmm. A um, you from Shatner, wow. That's
0: right. So then a couple notes from, from Memory Alpha. This is the last episode to feature contributions from Bob Jessman, who was the co-producer. He is... Uh, as instrumental to the success look, feel, tone of the original series, and therefore all of Star Trek as we know it, as anybody else. He's that important to it. This was his last episode. And then obviously this was Gene Coon's final contribution to Star Trek as, uh, as what is, was Lee Cronin, um, because he had, said, he had agreed as a pen name, as a favor to do a certain number of episodes while he was working on another show. Those are two big contributors to Star Trek, and this Wait, is technically their last. Have we
1: already talked about the how they wanted it to be like white from the waist up and black from the waist down? No,
0: I kind of because we're kind of going taking a long time to get to the grade, so I kind of missed okay, that. But yes, um,
1: because how are they going <laughs> to depict that? <laughs> I don't know.
0: They're white like men in, in shorts.
1: In shorts. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It would, it, was, it would have read on screen as just pants, right? It, they, it, no matter how you cut it, like if you yeah. was white on the bottom or black on top. And
0: then according to the Cushman book, they did say like, you know, we should probably cast a black actor to portray the oppressed person. And then apparently the makeup people said it will look patently absurd to make
1: mm-hmm.
0: him look half white and it will make the guy who's being half black, the white person who's half black, look like he's doing blackface. Yeah, look very bad. I, I agree. So they abandoned that idea. The final chase through the corridors of the Enterprise between Loki and Beale uh, is mixed with stock footage of burning cities filmed after World War II aerial hmm. bombing raids. Uh, as you know, to yeah, visualize. Yeah,
1: was how they got that.
0: Yeah. And Fred Freiberger said, we ran a little short on that show, which is why it ended with the chase that went on forever. I thought it was a hell of a creative solution.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, we'll get to it later, but yes. I have some thoughts on that chase scene. Okay. Yeah.
0: And then uh, Freiberger says, this is the episode, one of the episodes of which he was most proud. Armin Shimmerman told StarTrek.com at some point, most of Star Trek, whether it's our show or the other show's, was intended to be a metaphor for social evils. In Gene Gene Ronberry's first show, every episode was addressing some social inequality, racism being one of them. Let That Be Your Last Battlefield with Frank Gorshin was one of the most powerful episodes of that series. And then he says, I remember being enormously affected by that episode as a young man. And then I'm ending on this note because it's funny. Harlan Ellison thought this episode a terrible (laughs) one with a weak message. Roddenberry may have been a big deal progressive, but I never heard him giving a dime to the civil rights movement. Now, I don't know what his personal attitude was because he was always talking about the perfectibility of mankind, which is bullshit and talking (laughs) about equality. But it was very awkward kind of liberalism as evidenced by that stupid episode where people are painted half white and half black, the kind of heavy handed wannabe liberal thing that embarrasses anyone who has true feelings about racism.
1: I mean, when you're right, you're right,
0: man. <laughs> Ellison was cooking. <laughs> yeah, he was like, as long as he wasn't on assignment, he was clear of thought, and he could yeah. he could really get a word a word down, turn a phrase. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I, I, my guess is Gene probably didn't give a dime to the rights <laughs> movie. <movement.
0: laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Gene L. Kuhn, uh very famously was like. I don't know if he was a freedom writer, but like he was like in the, in the movement or at least contributed in some way. Like he actually was a part of it. Um, so that's an interesting perspective. The two genes, <laughs> one yeah. one said, said stuff mm-hmm. to do shit. The other one, like Gene Ronberry, might've been at that Adam West, Frank Gorshin crashed orgy. We don't know. <laughs>
1: <Mm-mm>. <laughs> I feel like we would have heard about something. and He would have blabbed it to the office. Well, we I was know at when an orgy and the Batman and the Riddler showed up. Can you believe it? Did you know you can't go ass All
0: right, let's get to the grades about let that be your last battlefield. Great scenes. <laughs> okay,
1: what do I got here? Okay. I guess the the first scene in Sick Bay I thought was fun because McCoy looked like he was just going to take a swing at Spock because fox but, being a bitch to him he so is funny. but he's like <sighs> <laughs> oh, bro. but then like they end up having real problems and yeah. so that's forgiven
0: mm, i like that scene too why should a slave show mercy to the enslaver like because locate Lo-Ki-, loki like immediately starts launching into his you know screams, by the way
1: in every single scene that loki is in he's such a little bitch i'm just going <laughs> at the top of saying that like he is so whiny And just so like, "Uh, well, I guess uh, this is what you call justice. uh," And like, just stomps around. Yeah. And he does the same thing in sickbay. He refuses to answer any questions, Um, even though he stole shuttle. Yeah, he stole shuttle. Doesn't necessarily deny it. Um, Yeah, that's what they're trying to. They're like, oh, well, how how did it come in your possession? Like, he could have lied. He could have come up with a good lie. And instead, he just. Although he does, he does stop talking to the authorities, which is what we've advocated on this show, and we have established Starfleet is the cops. So maybe I have to give him a break on that. He was but arguing it, semantics, kind of. Semantics. Essentially.
0: like yeah.
1: So. Yeah, and you, he literally was like, "His hands folded. Like, <laughs> I refuse to answer yeah. anything else." Which, honestly, that is what you should say yeah. when you are apprehended by the authorities.
0: They did save his life. He did say, "Thank you for saving my life." Mm-hmm. So there is that. I would like to speak to my lawyer. And he's also reacting to, "Oh, these these dudes seem cool. They saved my life." And then the um, the first thing they're asking about is the thing you you took. And so now he feels like, "Up oh, here we go again. I'm being persecuted, or this mm-hmm. is just irrigation, like wherever I go or whatever, because of the way I look." For 50,000 years, uh, I've been dealing with this. He overhears them talking about how he looks before he wakes mm-hmm. up. So it's like he's aware that it's in the air. So anyway, uh, what other great scenes do you have?
1: So basically almost every scene on the bridge looked very cool, especially when they were trying to do evasive maneuvers. And I'm wondering if you know if that's part of the restoration.
0: That Those when we're th- on yeah.
1: screen, it's like we're kind of moving like it's Star Tours.
0: Yeah, those are all redone visual effects. They look pretty cool. Yeah, there was was nice filmmaking. Um, I think some people had remarked that it's a little overwrought with all the extreme close-ups, which we'll get to later in one of the scenes for the uh, self-destruct countdown. But I thought it was... I guess maybe it's because I've watched so many like mumblecore movies or independent movies or like a lot of Netflix schlock. And it's just like, I don't know. I appreciate craft in kind of any form at this point. Yeah. And it looked interesting. And you're right. The space shots did look cool, too.
1: And then my next one is this self-destruct sequence. Yeah. And I have more thoughts about that and best Trek tropes, which I think, I don't know if we we can mention it now, but it's just sort of a battle of wills. Yep. And not to spoil my best trick tropes, but the entire crew knows that Captain Kirk is fucking willing to blow that shit up if it's even just to make uh based on principle.
0: I love, though, that it catches them all kind
1: of by surprise. They're like, <laughs> so like... like the, everyone's like exchanging glances, like, oh no, he's gonna fucking do it. Like, <laughs> he's not messing around. And especially Spock is like, uh huh,
0: yeah. But it's just funny because if like he says, I'll destroy the ship, and the next cut is to Chekhov, and Chekhov looks like he's been startled awake and he looks over to Sula, like, what the fuck? Expecting that to
1: happen. (laughs) Like everyone's like, Yeah,
0: he'll do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, obviously it's it's a tense scene. And I think when you're in one of these budget crunch situations where you're basically doing a bottle show literally no new sets or anything like that.
1: You do have to find ways of making it interesting. So uh,
0: yeah, I like that. It was a good. Yeah. Good it's a off. tense
1: scene. And yeah. I think because it's season three, right. We're mm-hmm. as viewers, I don't doubt for a second. It, it's not a bluff. Like we know as viewers, this is not a bluff. Yeah. And how far is this guy going to, how, how, how far is Beale going to take it? Cause he doesn't know. He doesn't know. Serious <laughs> like this yeah. guy's <laughs> saying, Like you can't compete. <laughs> Kirk is crazy. He'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you took command of his baby, the ship. Yep. And it's not going to end well for you, my friend. Yeah, the one thing you can never do is try to um, act
0: like you're in control of the Enterprise. That's a and big. And he tried to warn you.
1: <laughs> right. he said, "We'll go here. We'll do this, but we're not going <laughs> to." we're not going to go back to you know there's protocol and i'm not deviating from that and then he tried it and he i mean he quickly found out he wasn't playing that's right and then i think oh. the next scene i like is after all that they all go and have a drink um and then that's where it's like that's the scene wherever where they are like well you know Be- Beale says, well my skin is white on the left or whatever and his is white on the right and everyone in there is like, uh, like Spock and Kirk are like, um, yeah, we didn't notice. Like, that's very dumb.
0: Is that your last great scene? Yeah. Oh, look, so let's talk about it because I have, I like scenes in and around it. I mean, yes, absolutely. What you just said, it, it's the, it's the fulcrum basically, but it's so weird to think that this episode is known for this conflict and it's the scene itself happens 36 minutes in. You would think it happens earlier in the episode of like, mm-hmm. what's the, what's the problem. But we don't learn about the prejudice until like two thirds of the episodes over. Like the whole time yeah. it's basically presented as like, this he's guy's a, a criminal.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like he incited riots and he's, you know, murdered people or, you know, God knows what he's been doing. And then it turns out that's the, the offense and everyone's like, uh yeah okay you spent how many years chasing this guy and i really like the scene because
0: uh i mean it shot well there's a it ends with this cool kind of overhead shot as well um it, but it's just it's the culmination of 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 the two sides of the coin because starfleet and captain kirk and the enterprise they're the rule of law they're the the, the mm-hmm. stats Whoa, they're the institutions. Yeah, like you're Look under this- our
1: rules and regulations. And so yeah. there's due process. We can't just let you take this guy back and execute him or whatever.
0: And Commissioner Beale, Beale's like, yeah, I understand there are rules. We got to follow the rules. And that's what that's what we do because that's what separates us from them. And and so it's, a, it's kind of an amazing scene in that it follows the scene where Spock overhears Loki talking mm-hmm. to the, they're not non-commissioned. But like basically talking to the the, the workers.
1: The enlisted you know, the, men, kind the of enlisted, yeah.
0: kind of, kind of. Yeah, but like the the, the normal people, not the ones with this extra responsibilities or representing mm-hmm. the government directly. Although I have a nice line about that later. But like you know, in local- some
1: way trying to not incite a riot, but like get them it, onto his side. Yes. Like trying try to get the yes. I mean, I, I took it as like he's trying to like kind of incite them in some way and it's not going to work. Yeah.
0: You're probably right. See the, they're like, well, but (laughs) I I think he was trying to, I mean, the, the kindest read is like, he's trying to educate them and Mm -hmm. thinks that he'll be able to persuade them. You know, I'll, I'll try to talk to them because I know that this guy is just going to use brute force. He's already tried to take over the ship, right. With his mind. So, yeah. like, uh, so I'll I'll be the the more reasonable person for, in this moment, and then Spock goes in and Spock tries to do the same thing to Beal. He tries to do the same, have the same conversation that Loki was having, right? He's like, mm-hmm. the history of my people, this happened, and we had to overcome it. And then they, and then they kind of do the thing that really pisses him off, where they say, "Well, at one point." You two must have looked, your people must have been what, like one us. color.
1: Yeah, or one. Yeah. he
0: gets so offended by that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you read that. It, it's like,
1: he's so mad about it. Like, they've that's what, already come up with an epithet. It, yes. The, the monotone. Yes. <laughs> you monotones wouldn't
0: understand. It's what pushes him to finally reconquer the ship. Obviously, there's the whole Starfleet saying like, we're not going to just let you take this person away. We don't have an extradition treaty, all that stuff, all the procedure. And then obviously this reasonable person following the rule of law when they don't get their way, that fuels their hate, that they take matters into their own hands. Wow, where have we heard that before? But (laughs) I do like just the fact that they say the final straw is him saying like, the idea that we could have ever been the same, that we're the same at all. Is so offensive to me. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it was a nice buildup in there. But I like the scene where Spock overhears Loki Lokai explain the situation to Sulu and Chekhov and some of the other crew. It's just yeah, a nice... it, is,
1: it is a lurk and listen. Yes, it is. It, absolutely. <laughs> Which could <laughs> have used to great effect on this show. Yeah. The two times we've seen it uh, as we're doing on, on the original series, in fact.
0: That's right. Uh, And then around the other scene that you had, the the self-destruct face-off showdown, the first great scene that I had, I didn't have the first scene where Loki's in sickbay and Spock's being a bitch to McCoy and whatever. (laughs) I thought Beale confronting Loki after Beale comes aboard the ship, which, by the way, the budget crunch was so low, was so bad that that's why they're like, the ship's invisible
1: yeah i was
0: like okay
1: it's it's wonder woman like it's the same wonder woman thing they're like oh yeah it's invisible ship don't worry about it and so it's it goes in
0: and i actually think the writing in this episode is really well done like it's not just boilerplate functional copy paste from magazines of the day of of the the advocates and you know the people on either side, quote unquote, of the race debate or whatever it was called, um, you know it's it was it was definitely taking um sides of a bigger idea, but like there's a lot of anger there, there's a lot of hate in that scene, and it's Beale and Loki confronting each other, and Kirk's like, hey, shut up, yeah, <laughs> just. Stop! This is this is my ship. This is not your battlefield, all this other stuff. And then Kirk clearly takes the the laws side. And he's like, and you can now rest your vocal cords. Like mm-hmm. you stop talking. I've heard enough of you. So it's an interesting dynamic to play there. And and then I liked where Peel announces that he's seized control of the ship. I like the 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 preceding moment to the the actual self-destruct bit. I think there's like a lot of tension, like we said, good acting, solid acting, where he's like, I'm trying to be reasonable, but, you know, now's the time. This isn't acceptable. And there's this weird um, storyline going through where the Enterprise's mission is to go decontaminate a planet mm-hmm. with that's had a, like a bacterial outbreak in the atmosphere or something.
1: Yeah. And it's like there's they say there's is billion a billion lives at stake. We can't just go in your little yes. uh, jaunt to, back to your planet like it has to wait a little bit.
0: Yeah, we can't just drop everything because you hate this guy.
1: Yeah, <laughs> even though Starfleet's already said it's likely we're just going to hand this prisoner over to you, but we need to have like a little hearing first. And yeah, how yeah, this guy like, steal the shuttle? <laughs> like that's what they like. They need to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, and like he can't even wait. Like it's just gonna be a few days, but he can't wait to. Persecute this guy some more. Like he he has no patience, even though he's been spending I don't know what they said it was like fifty thousand human years or whatever Earth years. Something, a very very long time. Yes. Oh my and God! Arianus. What a waste of time. I would have I would have just quit and left, and you never would have heard my up from my ass ever again.
0: So the planet Arianeus. I'm that's off on Deneb four, that's having right. a good time. Yeah.
1: So Arianeus has this issue,
0: <laughs> and and the, the 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 planet Jeopardy thing could have been a throwaway and I think a lot of post original series Star Treks would have kind of maybe fumbled the ball and just thrown it away but I think this actually serves a very important counterpoint to the episode because the scene where they say surely uh, Beale you two were alike at one point way in the past like one color he goes didn't your people? I heard that your people evolved from apes or you like, think,
1: you yeah. think that your people that is that you yeah. think your people evolved from apes, right, yes,
0: and right, and Spocks basically like basically the idea is
1: like we evolved
0: into this from something smaller or something
1: else, and then by the way see- at the time and even today was not a theory wholly taught in school because huh. some people were like, that's against God, so. Yeah. Great Worth point. mentioning that like on NBC, a, they were just like, yeah. yeah, well, yes, of course, obviously. <laughs> no, that's great. But that's a great
0: point. I mean, what we were only in, Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I, I guess I'm bringing it up because the very next scene is like Kirk and Spock are trying to make the case of like, Hey, listen, you need to kind of get over this hatred and this ridiculous prejudice. There's like so much more to, to existence. And then the next scene is the enterprise s- decontaminates de- this planet of an infection that is mm-hmm. a pretty clear uh metaphor or symbol mm-hmm. of what's going on here of like this ev- evolved getting over our shit allows us to do these seemingly magical miraculous things to heal the world like that's yeah. like it, it could be no clearer. and it's like like we that- saw through
1: all of our differences yes I mean, who knows what's going on arianus that you know we don't agree with politically and, or whatever or religiously yeah. but we're yeah, still so. going to like save their lives because it's the right thing to do.
0: Yeah, and so I just kind of thought, you know, when you think of season 3 of the original series and you're like, "Ah, toss it all in, yeah. the it's all terrible." <laughs> and then you're watching like, "Oh, there's actually some artistry, some craft, there's some care that they're, you know, doing the best they can." And so I really appreciated that. And then I don't know, you didn't include it on your list, so I guess we're kind of like, are the last five minutes? Is that actually a great scene or great sequence when they get to Sharon and they discover that everyone's killed each other?
1: I actually, I I did enjoy that. I thought that was really interesting because as the episode was going, because I have not seen this full episode before, I've only seen like clips, and obviously I've seen like the half black half white guys running around, but I was. Like jeez, if they go back to that planet, oh my goodness, how long is this episode going to be? Like, and then when they show up and it's just completely on fire basically.
0: Yeah, they get like, there ah. and then it's 5 mm-hmm. minutes, they chase each other around the ship, then they beam down to the planet and the Enterprise goes, "Well, that's what they get.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they bye. just
0: warp away. Yeah. That's how it ends. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's like some really melodramatic acting where they're running through the halls. And obviously I think they're supposed to be conveying- These guys
1: are in their bad shape, by the way. They are yes. they are running like they are on mile 57 or something. Like, but I
0: think they're trying to convey like their soul, their hearts have been ripped out.
1: I don't care. They're, they're in poor physical shape. Like they should have made it a little more believable of- Oh, they're only going through a few decks and it's not that far.
0: I see what you're saying, but I'm also like, I, I think Gorshid especially is supposed to be like, oh my God, like he's in a daze. I, technically, I thought it was interesting because this is before Steadicam had even been invented. Mm. Both of them yeah, are no, holding on to a like rope.
1: A, um, well, isn't it? It's, it looks like it's green screen or whatever, right? Or blue screen, would it would have
0: been. No, 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 no. They're just they're but I was noting that they're holding on to a, a rope. Oh. As as the camera's running backwards, and then they let it go as they peel off, and I, mm. I'm trying to figure out like that's once the rope runs out, then they turn right. Is that what it's supposed to be indicating? So I don't know. It was it was like a weird marker thing that uh, I didn't I've never seen before. So I just thought that was interesting. And I did. I mean, I can't believe there's actually like World War II footage in person there. That's really some heavy yeah, stuff. Yeah, I wonder if that's like, been, like actually from <laughs>
1: Paramount's newsreel footage. Yeah, I don't know. I imagine I imagine they would have gotten whatever was free, and so I'm inclined to believe, but I don't (laughs) know for sure. We'd have to. We can ask the UCLA archives if they know for sure where it was Uh, sourced. But
0: so I was kind of just surprised. I didn't ask the question. Do you remember the first time you saw this episode or anything? But I do. I remember the first couple of times and being kind of more like, I got it. You know, because I'm like a teenager or whatever. <laughs> I like, got it. Um, and you pay attention. I mean, but like you look at it now. I mean, I guess we'll get into this. really way. makes you think. Yeah. yeah, really makes you think. All right. Best Trek tropes. Okay.
1: So, you know, we have a stolen shuttle, shuttlecraft. <laughs> God, those shuttlecraft are so easy to steal. <laughs> they must just have their keys and the ignition. <laughs> That anybody could just hop right in because how many times have we seen it? And and this time, it's actually like a plot point. It's not just, oh, we lost a shuttlecraft. It's like we know there's a reason we're apprehending this because it went missing. And the person on board seems like they're in distress. So, like, it makes sense to apprehend them. Yeah. And it's part of the plot. It's, oh, well, he stole... Properties. so now we gotta you know there's due process we might want to throw him in jail too um which by the way I think is like more of a red herring from the crew to Beale than anything else of like well like we're not just gonna hand him over to you he may have committed crimes against us too which I think I mean that's how I read it but I don't know if anyone else reads it that way um, I, I was
0: unclear because it seems like they were trying to straddle the line of like, well, we don't want to upset white America. So we need to show that our heroes disagree with him. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that was my sense. So I don't know, but maybe, yeah. That, oh, maybe also
1: like the restored scenes of the shuttlecraft going into the enterprise. Yeah. Like the read. I mean, I can't imagine. I, I, I'm dying to know what that looked like. <laughs> oh, I can loan you
0: the, the blu rays that have the original effects
1: on there. <laughs> like it looks pretty decent mm-hmm. and it looks pretty cool but I don't know what it looked like originally.
0: It would have just been a reuse of the standard stock shot of a typical landing. It wouldn't have been all tilted like it was. But yeah, it was probably just like what, like models
1: and. Yeah. It was just models. Yep. Which I think models looks better most of the time, but I think, yeah, we agree on that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I already talked about it, but captain Kirk is totally down to destroy the whole ship. And the crew knows it.
0: (laughs) I put Um, that under Kirk playing poker. Oh, okay. I mean, that's kind of like the general vibe at this point. Like, or chess, it's a bluff or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm with you on that one.
1: And I also put persecution was only on Earth of the 20th century. A okay, I put that under worse. Yeah, I put
0: that yeah. under worst Trek trope. Hand waving human history in the name of progress. Mm-hmm. Check off. There was persecution on Earth once. I remember reading about it in my history class. And then yeah. Susan so was like, yes, but it happened way back in the 20th century. Way There's way no back. No such primitive thinking today. Mm-hmm. Sure, Jan.
1: Sure. It's, it's <laughs> like, so cute that I have to acknowledge it. Like, it's so, so adorable. <laughs> like um, <laughs> I mean, I give give Gene some props of like, well, obviously. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> By the dawn of the next century, we won't be doing any of this and we we'll flying around and it'll be great. But I think there are like
0: people today who encounter Star Trek and less and less people who are encountering Star Trek are encountering the original series and are unwilling, are increasingly unwilling to go back and watch it because of whatever. And it, and, and it's like stuff like that, I think, that offends people. And it's like, listen, this is like social justice, not even 101. This is like workshopping social justice, okay? This is like, these are abstract concepts or simple concepts. The, just getting the idea out there in mass media was a big deal. So just saying like, yeah, in the past, it was like yeah, that. They, oh, we got Russian over
1: characters say, <laughs> yeah, we used to have persecution, but only in the 20th century is today hilarious. But also like- like even having a Russian character, like oh yeah, we put a Russian guy on our on like our, our submarine, yeah exactly. Like, I think crazy,
0: crazy. I think I've seen people get offended because it doesn't match what they want the modern statements to be, and sometimes mm-hmm. I think it's hard because yeah, the world seems like it really sucks now more than ever. But I feel like the the problem with Star Trek is it's not supposed to go. Yeah, it does suck today. It's mm-hmm. supposed to do. Yeah, it was like that at some point and we got over it. We figured it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, but I, I, I think it belongs in a best truck trope then because of it. I'm with uh, I guess I'm with you then. I guess yeah. I had it wrong. <laughs> oh, OK. All right. Well, that's the last one I have. I think my so. best truck tropes, a parable. Not, this isn't an allegory because it really I mean, I guess it kind of comes close. But like, what's the allegory? It's not taking a specific incident or series of incidents. It's taking an idea, which is a parable. I will say though, that there is a faint hint of letters from a Birmingham jail. And some of this stuff Loki says, where he's like, you've got justice on your tongues, but you won't, you won't, you know, you're like the white moderate, like you won't do anything. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of in there. Uh, but again, it's not an allegory. That's more of a parable anyway. Um, okay. This is a big one. Captain's log. It, sometimes it's a worst trick. Sometimes it's the best. Here's why it's the best. I sent you the text before we started recording. Kirk says in a direct act of sabotage, he says it. Mm-hmm. He says sabotage. sabotage. <laughs> Shatner's very specific way. H- he demands that it's spoken that way. So I'm glad we got to hear it in there. I made my ear perk up on every rewatch. It made me very happy.
1: Yeah, I noticed.
0: <laughs> I noticed it <laughs> distinctly. Yeah. Uh, The Enterprise being hijacked by a higher being. uh, Like that's, Mm. I mean, this is very similar to by any other name where they get hijacked and then the ship can suddenly go warp 10, warp 13, whatever. Yeah. The Uh, warp 10
1: stuff is fun.
0: (laughs) And then I just put this in there. It's kind of more of an original series one, but a stunt performer taking a huge unsanctioned dangerous hit. When Loki gets off the turbo lift, uh,
1: Oh, sorry, when Beale oh, gets off the – yeah, he totally blows up that blue-shirted
0: yeah. stunt person.
1: Just <laughs> annihilates him. I loved that part. That was great. <laughs> I always love it when I, – and I, I'm sorry if that guy got CT or whatever, but like that's <laughs> – <laughs> Like just no the stu- – yeah.
0: Stunt the, work is – work. just now, like at the turn of the century, started getting safer. Like
1: that's how recent they even started to think about. Yeah, it took Uh, Tom Cruise breaking his ankle for people. (laughs) Wait wait, wait, Wait a second. Okay, now let's go to worst Trek jokes. Okay, so Loki is painted up like he's going to a Raiders game, but the crew is acting like they this is the wildest thing they've ever seen in their entire life. (laughs) And like, I agree, it's weird. But I have been to football games. I've been to baseball games. I'm familiar with the, the now Las Vegas Raiders. I suppose they're called now. I that's like it's white that... and black, but like it's it has such a sheen on the white. Yes, that it could read as silver. I mean, the he mean, just looks obviously... like he's going to a football game. Like he's a big <laughs> fan. Not that he's or different from anybody. He's
0: about to sing some Pagliacci or something. I don't. know. So... <laughs> The, it, it was a bold choice, and for uh, a TV set in the 1960s, you know, it's like it, I get that's it. I get yeah. why they had exactly. to do it,
1: but I just it was like, okay. They're like I've never seen anything like it before, Jim. It's like okay, but I mean, I think Spock. Been no football. Did, I think I, this I mean, I guess football's outlawed in the future, which it <laughs> yeah. should be.
0: The I th- feel like this the scene was starting with Spock saying, like, obviously this isn't like clown makeup, right? <laughs> yeah they just cut over that but yes it's funny um okay i had spock and mccoy's bickering as the worst truck trope it just oh. comes out of nowhere it's just <laughs>
1: well, like i feel like uh, well it's really shocking to me they're like oh we're running short on the episode like i feel like they could have done more with that and like had more of a disagreement on something than just i get, i <laughs> guess it's <laughs>
0: I guess it's a little on theme though, because Spock goes, You are yet you are pumping him, like you don't know what he is, but you're pumping him full of your noxious potions as if he were a human. And then McCoy, like, so there's like a prejudice kind of veil there. And then McCoy says, Blood is blood, even if it's green like yours. You know what I mean? Like, so I guess that's kind of why it's there to like the writer coming in being like, you know, McCoy's a racist. He's prejudiced against Spock. Let's put that in here. It's a good moment, I guess. But uh, I guess I'm talking myself out of it. But it just was it just jumps out at me every time I rewatched it. I'm like, where's this and coming I, from, Spock? Calm down.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I put the red alert where they're zooming in and out on the red signal. And then you put in the notes that they were doing that as an homage to Batman. Frank, because it happens right when it's like red alert. And then Frank Gorshin appears. I did not. Didn't make that connection, but I was like, "What the fuck are they doing?" Because you know, I don't like the red alert when it's going crazy. But yeah, usually no, the original series, it's fine. But no, the zooming in and I was alert. like, "What's going on with this?" And so now I know, and that's that's weird. I respect it though, and maybe <laughs> I should re reassess this. But I'm putting it under worst. Just in the moment, I put it under worst before I'm with you before no, I knew worse. that backstory. All right, most of it's time quality. The effects are remastered, and I yeah. wish I could see the original ones, because oh, that would probably be wild. the blu
0: and then you can see
1: it. Okay, um, I'll, I'll, I'll be over I, presently.
0: I, also, the zooming in and out on the red alert, that's being an <laughs> yeah. homage to I'll Batman 66. Six, now I know.
1: <laughs> so there's AstroTurf and Bay. I, I noticed I that notice too. That before this episode
0: <laughs> i had no i was definitely trying to rack my brain of like was it always green and what is, i do remember it reading is
1: it because it's on the floor and yes. then they've little squares of it on yes. like a, a shelf like a table
0: if you're only or listening cordenza, to us, whatever, it looks Look like the brady bunch's backyard yeah in Zouf bay uh, or, or now
1: is, now everybody has artificial turf because we live in california you can't water your lawn anymore right it looks like the very, very cheap kind of that.
0: So I guess here's what happened in season three, Jerry Finnerman, who had been the DP for the first two, two and a half seasons, he left. They had to cut the budget obviously. So that's why the show gets lit suddenly very flat. Cause uh-huh. just like, we don't have time to do setups and all this other complicated Yeah, stuff. Like everyone has
1: a shadow cast. Yes. So right I think what them. They,
0: and because Star Trek was still like a premier, feature for like color TVs like that was its biggest utility yeah. for being on television so they got around the limitations by like just painting everything that had been previously painted with light and so maybe the green cast that had existed on the floor because of the way film mm. gelled it they just like paint it green that <laughs> pink wall paint it pink and that was that was how they dealt with it
1: my mom says that her family was the first family on the block to have a color television.
0: What did because that her... get her? The, well, because her no, because her
1: dad was such a television fan. I see. It was just. Oh. It wasn't like oh, it got me X Y Z. It was just a little anecdote.
0: Well, that's cool. Yeah, I mean that. I mean, it's. I mean, I was wondering, is like, is like when you have a pool on your block and no one else does that kind of thing.
1: But, oh uh, yeah, I bet yeah. I bet some people came over and said, I, I want to watch Wagon Train or whatever. Because, like, my my grandfather and my uncle got to choose the television show. So she was like, yeah, I've watched every episode of the original series because of that. <laughs> that and also Gunsmoke and, you know, whatever Western.
0: Yeah, I mean, they really nightmare. were using Star Trek to sell televisions. Like, that was a big part of why it stayed on the air as long as it did. Any other, most of its time? No. That's pretty of its time. talking. <laughs> I guess I put Loci and Beale's costumes. Not to say uh, nothing of yeah. the makeup, but like their costumes. Also,
1: I like great. that they put them in gloves so they didn't have to paint their, their hands. hands. Yeah. I mean, that's great. that's a stroke of genius right there. That, you go to the restroom and you got to, I mean, you got to repaint it. Yep, exactly. I mean, I'm giving men credit in the 60s for washing their hands after they go to the bathroom. I probably shouldn't. No, but uh, yeah, I bet they... I bet some bathrooms didn't even have
0: sinks. Like, can, <laughs> they had sinks? Also, they had that powdered soap.
1: Powdered soap. Oh god. The oh my soap. gosh. Jeez. If you were too young to remember powdered soap, I envy you. But in public schools, churches, at what? Even like train stations, yeah. uh, and at, for a while, I think even airports, they all had a powdered soap where you like push the little lever like just like the 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 uh, liquid soap now but it's just powder and you get it wet and it makes your hands break out so bad yeah it's probably just asbestos (laughs) almost certainly it's lie it's just lie we were using comet cleanser straight up I mean oh my gosh (laughs) and the people who manufactured it probably have all have emphysema and died 20 years ago but oh I'm so glad we no longer have powdered soap. <laughs> we have evolved beyond... Like, like does soap. it exist in, like, former Soviet bloc countries, I wonder. but Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, if you know, if you happen to be listening to us from Moldova, please let us know. Now it's time for... The line must be drawn here! Great <laughs> Um. So at one point, like, Beale is just going on and on about his feelings towards um no he's Carl sing full he's like, full on we educated them yeah and i'm like oh my god it was separate but equal
0: he he says you insane filthy little plotter of ruin you vicious subverter of every decent thought oh you're coming back to
1: pay for your crimes i'm like whoa okay jeez and then Loka gets real bitchy and he's like, what a fool I am expecting help from someone like you. As yes. he, to Captain Kirk, like ah, a monotone could never understand. Like he has his own, obviously his own prejudices, but
0: I mean, he's he, a lot a of his lines bitch. are basically I mean, looking at the crew. Of, too. Yeah. I mean, Loka is looking at the crew of the enterprise most of the time saying, you dumb motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's <laughs> histr- histrionically
0: <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> Oh, that one of the, my favorite line of his is, "I warned you about his treachery! Kill him!" <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: um, and then after Loki and Beale have like a hissy fit on the bridge, Scotty says, "Mr. Spock, disgusting!" Is oh, wait, sorry, the word "disgusting" is exactly how I feel about those two because Scotty says they're disgusting, and then, um spock's like oh that's not really the scientific term for them right it's like mm.
0: and then <laughs> kirk's,
1: kirk's like,
0: and then kirk's like cool at you two they're making you act weird yeah <laughs> it's, it's, it's so, like, well i have mean, developed
1: a prejudice and it's, it's yeah. against both
0: of them because they suck i guess we're kind of diminishing the we're, we're saying they're bitching and complaining which i guess is kind of like I'm not, I don't think either of us are saying like, there's a right way and a wrong way to present your case or whatever. It's just the actor portraying loci, it, the histrionics are a little much, but the message under, but also at the same time, it's like explainable. Yeah. If you've been persecuted literally your entire existence, if you were born into being persecuted, you might act in a way that makes everyone else who's not uh, from your experience feel uncomfortable. Uh, And the Enterprise crew is definitely giving big, we're uncomfortable with all this. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, I think it's it's effective because us as the neutral viewer is like, well, shit, I think maybe both these guys got some problems. Like, you don't want to sympathize with one over the other necessarily. Yeah. As the viewer. Uh, Kirk's, I'm not
0: going to read Kirk's whole line because it's kind of long actually, but it's, um, it's after he regains control after the self destruct bluff. And he's like, all right, everyone chill out. And then I'll just read this part. He goes, we live in peace with full exercise of individual rights. The need to resort to violence and force has long since passed and will not be tolerated aboard the ship. You are free to move about the ship. I hope that you'll take the opportunity to know more about the Federation through its best representatives, my crew. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's Captain Kirk. That's right. That's well, aboard the Enterprise motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. And but Loki, so this is justice after Arianas, because they're like, you'll be brought to justice, or justice will be had after we leave, after we this mission of mercy. And he goes, You have signed my death warrant. I warned you what to expect and This is after Beale re- con- retakes control of the ship. We continue to let this mockery of justice go on. If you are partisans of justice, prove it. Kill him. And then like we says, "We already
1: tried." Like, yeah, right. And then Checkup
0: says, "We are not killers." And Loki says, "What do you do? Carry justice on your tongues. You will beg for it, but you won't fight or die for it." So that, that was that line I was referencing before. I think that's kind of that is the message of the day. I mean, I the the COVID lockdown and the George Floyd protests, like they're inextricably linked in my mind that they they happen at the same time. Mm -hmm. And it was a lot, you know, as, as disorienting and surprising and upsetting as lockdown was and and seeing, and also then seeing what compelled this uprising, these protests nationwide as disorienting and upsetting was the swiftness with which all of that we're listening, we're changing all that went away. Like it was Mm -hmm. pretty remarkable. And so, you know, it's easy. Words are easy. What are your actions? Which I think is kind of Loki's point. But, you know, obviously the ship's in like this weird, impossible position where it's like, uh, we we can't phaser you. You have like weird shields. <laughs> like, what mm-hmm. are we supposed to do? Uh, and then I actually put the last little bit, even though I think the ending is really weird, or kind of like it's, it's everything Star Trek gets criticized for. Like every week they go to a planet and then they leave and like, problem solved. <laughs> Let's wipe mm-hmm. our hands and go. But uh, Uhura, after they both beamed down to the pl- their destroyed planet, presumably to kill each other, she says, it doesn't make any sense. And then Spock says, to expect sense from two mentalities of such extreme viewpoints is not logical. And Sulu says, but their planet's dead. Does it matter how which, now which one's right? And Spock says, not to Loki or Beal. All that matters to them is their hate. And Uhura mm-hmm. says, do you suppose that's all they ever had, sir? And then Kirk says, no, but that's all they have left. Warp back yeah. to 2, Mr. Sulu, set course yep. for Starbase. For- Get us
1: the F out of here. We got to debrief <laughs> yeah. about this whole thing. That's
0: right. Which I don't know if that's better or worse than when Pike sees a kid killed and just drinks and stares out the window. I don't know which one's <laughs> better. I don't know. <laughs> um, but anyway, I just – I think the message was like, look what hate – does to us what it can do to us. We have yeah, to Lincoln like it
1: destroyed your whole planet. You have nothing yeah, left, but yeah. you still have all you have left is your grudges. Any other great lines? No, I assumed you'd write all the good ones down as usual. <laughs> well, Sorry. I think there are actually
0: even better lines too. I think it was a pretty once Beale gets on the ship. I think the the episode is pretty well written. All right, the Anton Carridan Award for Best Performance. Who do you? Who do you I know don't
1: know who, like? who to yeah. put because I think. Like some people are so histrionic, but I feel like it's effective at the same time. So I'm not really
0: sure. I gave it to Frank Gorshin because he has to play different versions of this character, but he's not playing a character, playing a character. Does that make sense? He's uh-huh. saying like, these are the white people on the ship. They're just like me. They understand my point of view. And then when it, he's not getting his way, He has to then his prejudices break the veneer, right? Like suddenly he's he's an ex Obama official in front of an a halal card or something. You know what I mean? Like the mask comes
1: off and we see. (laughs) You know what I mean? We see who he really is. Um, For the record, not just an Obama official, like just like a long term government employee. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh,
0: But like you know, the mask comes off. Everybody's (laughs) fault, really. Yes. Yeah. I think, so Gorshin, I, I'm, it seems, yes, he obviously does go for it too and has his moments, but I think he's showing some subtlety as well, whereas Lou Antonio, who plays Lokai, is not, and maybe almost to the detriment of the character, although I actually really did like his scene where he's talking to Sulu and Chekhov. I, I thought he was good. I, I think he had good moments. That guy actually became a, a director. He, he, this was like his last acting role.
1: I wonder why. It's you know like, what? He doesn't he doesn't have a face for television. He, yeah. I'll I'll say that.
0: So he moved into directing, he wound up directing at least an episode or two of Boston Legal, which I don't know if I was working on the show at that time. But no anyway, oh. uh just a little trivia there. So uh do you disagree? No. I like the way he says, I once heard that on some of your planets people believe they're descended from
1: apes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this. I thought that was good. Oh, by the way, did- you went to Catholic school. Did they teach you evolution there or no? Yes. yes. Oh. Was it like, we, some people believe this. I'll step it back.
0: That was at the my grade school. We did have powdered soap. Okay. <laughs> the nuns did teach us that I everything. I think that was a California
1: the, school you had to have powdered soap. Yes. Like,
0: yeah. uh, the nuns, for the most part, once we got older, they were definitely trending misandrist. <laughs> <laughs> which okay. and i guess uh, that that's also true but the other thing was is that they did teach us science for sure oh okay now i did go to a christian school when i was in like preschool and kindergarten i think and i definitely well, remember teach
1: evolution in
0: no, no no they, usually. they taught us adam and eve and i remember it very clearly because adam, i was eve, dazzled God. i was dazzled by the felt uh display that they would use like there was adam and then they put like a felt adam and then like he was and then like i don't think he was fully naked but he was like like a a kendall, lo- oh my god like a candle yeah and then well, he was supposed like, to be naked right yeah and it then was, he like, learned shame and then they used a felt uh-huh. bush and they put the like a, a green shrub uh-huh. they put the felt shrub i just remember the presentation very clearly i'm like how is the felt sticky i i was like five i had not encountered a felt board before was, it wasn't velcro it was just like cloth uh. and it was and i was like static electricity i guess um yeah so yeah we, we learned the uh, evolution for sure the shatner i'm giving it to william shatner mm-hmm. i think he's really going for it in a couple he of these tried to bl- he was gonna blow up the ship <laughs> I so I do him. think in that sh- in that scene, he was actually really good, but like sort of a- and in the scene where they're having drinks, but kind of like the ones where he's like saying, knock it off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's kind of like really shattering it up in a way that's a little distracting. Well, I thought it's it was like two big. kids
1: bickering. Yes. and You're just like, God, yes. shut the fuck up already. Yeah. Like, uh, but you I don't definitely- even my kids.
0: I definitely wanted to give it to Loki, especially his first scene.
1: You're yeah, vindictive I questions. Feel... <laughs> Loki. I mean, he's, I say, runner up.
0: At the oh, very yeah, least. almost a tie. Almost like he's he's that big. But uh, all right. What part of this will he teach at Starfleet Academy?
1: <laughs> there once was a guy who could control a ship with his mind, but <laughs> we didn't follow up. He
0: willed it into being. He could it's will control dead. the ship. Yeah. That planet well, Sharon seems like good real estate they just left. So well it
1: was on fire. <laughs> it's true. Like visibly on fire. They said all the animals were encroaching on the city, so Yeah. So that's just like LA though. It's an urban coyote oasis, basically.
0: I feel like they would re-up like what Chekhov said, like we learned this in school and like, they would mm-hmm. add like a new, like the new edition of the history books would include now a little like epilogue or something, or like a new part of a chapter being like the trouble with Sharon or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they would teach about, see, it's not just on earth. Like we have to learn. For this real. Yeah. Uh, could yeah, this be like little, be-
1: little uh, plays in elementary schools. Yes. It'd be an easy production. It'd be great.
0: Could this episode have been hornier and would that have made it better?
1: Yes, it could have been hornier, but no, I don't feel there's much horniness. Um, opportunity that could have advanced the story.
0: I feel like when Star Trek was really cooking, because I agree with you, what they might have done, even though there's not quite room for it, they gave Gorshin the big role. So that's not his part. You could imagine that there's a version where Loki's trying to charisma, trying to riz his way through the problem, mm. and like maybe it was a very intentional choice to like not have Ohara around him. That character, I don't know, yeah. but like there's well, the a only version time where you that she's done.
1: around either of them. She's like looking at them with disdain, just like Ugh. right, yeah, you disgust
0: me, that kind of thing. Just like. Mm. Uh, but I agree. Yeah. I think it would have just made it creepier. And in any way you cut it, like wherever the horniness is coming from, the episode yeah. felt really creepy. All that said, Trek, Mary, or Kill, let that be your last battlefield. I don't know. What are you going to say? So there's a, this is something I wrestled with because, again, I rewatched these so many times and I kind of feel like there's almost an obligation to say it's a Mary because of its historical, cultural significance as being mm-hmm. like one of the most famous episodes of Star Trek. And then, Rewatching it and running it through our system, I guess, <laughs> being like this seem this is a pretty solid episode. It's definitely a a, so- a strong trek. There's definitely been worse episodes. I think I'm very surprised that it's a season three episode that, when you get through the artifice of the half of the the makeup, you know what I mean yeah i <laughs> like, think geez, and shatter being so tough, sweaty but... and bloated it's like it's it's a little off-putting but it's also you get into it and it's like this is there's a lot of meat on this bone
1: well i can't say it's not a mary because shatter was bloated i mean exactly
0: i can't i'm just saying like i think for me that when i look at season three from a remove or at least in the past all that stuff has like played in on it like they made every episode for like five dollars everyone looks like shit like because they just didn't have time well, to do anything horror. and didn't
1: get. No, well, of course not. Uh, but it's just like <laughs> looks great. she gets yeah. a few close-ups. She looks great. Yes. Um, oh I guess I'm just going to give it to Mary because we don't. You know, I feel like it's actually a very good episode for, especially for season three. Yes, I, I agree. If, if you're going to make us do a poll about it, I'm going to change my vote.
0: <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> okay. I guess there's like one of some of the episodes that everyone thinks are slam dunk classics. Yeah, I want to challenge that, and here's one that got challenged. I'm like, no, I, I think it actually makes sense. Um, I like the after school nature of it because it was still s- fundamentally Star Trek,
1: and also and I guess it's very Cold War because it's like they blew up, they destroyed their entire planet. Yeah, that could be us someday. Hmm. Yeah, and I Oppenheimer think probably- now on DVD and Blu-ray. <laughs>
0: From Universal Pictures, Christopher Nolan film.
1: All right, well then that's which, by the way, the we're we're recording this early, but the script is now available for download. And just so you guys know, it's written in the first person. We are Oppenheimer. I mean, not yeah. We are (laughs) f***ing
0: Yeah, check that script out. Uh, Find Adam West's memoir and read Mm -hmm.
1: his exploits. Also, if your grandma was at. An orgy with Adam West. I need to know. Please, please write in. Probably have an email address or something. Brian, do we? Uh, maybe one of these days. Just add us. Uh, oh, we don't. Media. We don't have any kind of yeah, okay. I have an
0: email. I don't. We, we have don't, no
1: way for people to contact us. If I get,
0: no social media, they can add us on Twitter, TrekMaryKPod, or I guess Instagram, TrekMaryKPod. But I gotta get better at looking up instagram
1: so there's uh, no way to tell us this except in a comment i guess that maybe brian yeah. will read someday maybe yes uh i thought we had yeah, a email can, address or something
0: not not yet i don't want to read okay. emails because then i'll feel compelled to respond to them but you can
1: dm also, we had this whole thing yeah. about okay all right i thought we also, had like viewer mail no listener mail we
0: we have not quite expanded to that we have enough episodes
1: wow. of star trek to go through For people to, you know, like, you guys aren't even real fans. I hate you. You should do this episode.
0: And then to most of those, I'll be like, we're going to get there. Okay? We're going to get
1: there. You said there was, like, overwhelming comments about certain things. That was just...
0: It's always DMs, Twitter, or public comments. I will get texts from people I know. I will get texts from people people I know who are saying... I know someone who's listening to your show and they wanted me to tell you blank that kind
1: of stuff. Yeah, so well, if we had like an email stuff. address, they we wouldn't have to go just, the just do it there. All right, well. they could tell us about their grandma going to that orgy to substantiate well, okay. that story. <laughs> well, it
0: is a new year. Well, we got the call meanie going to a strip club story on Twitter.
1: Yeah, well, not yeah. directed to us, right? Just directed to me. Oh, was it? Okay. Well, good yeah. for you. okay. never mind. <laughs> <laughs> anyway I guess DM us which I thought you have to like add them I don't know it's a whole thing I don't know We're maybe on us. Instagram is easier it's also
0: 2024 so it's a new year so we'll maybe we'll all get an email address out there fine fine
1: mm-hmm. I think we should
0: fine wait we do have an email what am I saying I do my business out of the email
1: <laughs> okay we
0: do have an email address but I just don't publish it that's all because I did but if you want to send us an email to be read on our next recording, you can email us at trekmarrykpod at gmail.com. There
1: See, how hard was that? It, I know I we had an email address. Because it's
0: not like on the website, contact
1: us here. It's con-
0: it well, it's it to be social media. so
1: people can be like, you guys suck. I hate you. Or
0: <laughs> you just My want grandma me to read, was read RG. that. RG. You want well, me or... to last episode <laughs> we recorded,
1: <laughs> uh... <laughs> you put out a call for um... – Potential suitors for my um my uh New Year's New Year's resolution, <laughs> and I said send a photo. How are they going to do that, Brian? If they don't have the email address, Instagram is You're supposed but to be photos. supposed to be going through a bunch of dick pics for me and like weeding out the best ones.
0: TrekMaryKpot at Gmail <laughs> Send send your Star Trekified dick pics to, to
1: for, for Kristen there. Well, keep in mind, Brian. Is the one who checks it, he'll just have to forward them to me.
0: <laughs> I won't weed out any of them, I promise. If it, why, yes, if it comes to that, yeah.
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have a note for Kristen, he just know Brian will be reading it first. Uh, next week, we're going to
0: jump over to the next generation as our two-hander month continues. We're going to do the enemy. Uh, Worf refuses to donate blood to a Romulan, and Jordy's Mm. stuck on a planet with some rocks in his boots. You know what? That's just the worst. It really is. No one likes a rock in one's boot. Uh, I gave out our email address trekmerrykpod at gmail.com. That's also how you can find us on social media at trekmerrykpod.com. Trekmerrykillpod.com. Sorry, is the website. Go to there, check all of our standings. Uh, like. Uh, rate us follow us on whatever platform you're listening to us on really appreciate that any reviews you care to write that'd also be great and so until next week tmk out
1: goodbye